Hey, I'm Bjorn Sutnan. I'm a climber, a skier, a mountain biker, and I'm a product designer at Lorena. Welcome to Norona Podcast. My name is Eivind Eidslott. In Norona Podcast, we want to inspire you and facilitate great adventures in nature by meeting exciting people and telling fascinating stories. In this episode, we will meet Norona designer and outdoor enthusiast Björn Sattnan. Björn loves to climb, ski and mountain bike. In Norona, he's responsible of designing both tents and sleeping bags. Today, we'll talk to Björn about the upcoming Norona tents and the secrets of camping out in the wild. Welcome Björn. Thank you. Last time you were here, we talked about sleeping bags. Yeah. And today we'll talk about another favorite issue of yours. Tents. Tents. Yeah. And we have a tent in studio. It's the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You must tell us about your latest adventure yourself in a tent. My latest adventure in a tent. There's so many. <laughs> I don't I don't even remember where I was the last time. Do you remember your first time in a tent? Oh, definitely not at all. I I grew up in a outdoor family, so uh, before I could even remember things, I probably was sleeping in a tent somewhere. Before you were 1 year old. I mean, uh, let's say yes. <laughs> yeah, let's say I mean, yes. Uh, I don't remember, so let's I can say imagine yes. your parents yeah. and you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I grew up in an outdoor family for sure. So yeah. uh, I've, I've been in tents uh, many years over, or many times over the years. Yeah. And why are you so interested in tents? I guess it's because it's been a part of my life. Uh, going on uh, holidays, camping. Uh, or when I got a bit older and went on trips with my friends without without my family, uh, we were going in the, into the mountains and camping in tents. Uh, I used to work, or I, I don't see it as work, but I was a volunteer for the Turistföreningen. Mm-hmm. The, the Mountain Touring Association. Association. Yeah, for many years. Uh, as, uh, and I worked uh, there as a, as a guide, mountain guide for many years and... After I discovered climbing and maybe we did less sort of just hiking and touring, I still went places uh, for climbing and I stayed uh, in tents and in sleeping bags. So it's just been a part of my life, mm. uh, all my life, really. And something I, magical about just bring your own house wherever you want to go. Yeah, and and just sleeping inside a tent where you have nature this close to you and you can hear every single sound outside in nature. Uh, and still feel safe, still mm-hmm. be warm, dry, comfortable, and safe. It's uh, it's hard to describe the, how how good that feels mm-hmm. when you can when you're relaxing inside a tent and maybe you're hearing the sound of the rain or just the wind and the trees. It's uh, I mean, a lot of people now who struggle to sleep, they have uh, apps on their phones or they play music on the stereo and to to fall asleep, mm-hmm. and the sounds they play. Is the sounds I hear when I'm sleeping in the tent? The yeah. sound of rain hitting hitting leaves, or or the sound or hitting the tent, or just the wind rushing through the leaves in the forest. That's the sound people play inside yeah. their homes uh, here in Oslo. But I'm outside hearing the real sounds, and of course, natural that's, sounds. Yeah, it's, of course, it's better. 
It's meditation. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. Without yeah. using Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> Without cheating. <laughs> Norona has a long history regarding tense. Yeah. And it started a long, long time ago. Yeah, before I was born. Yeah. And that's a long time ago. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, Norona has been part of the tent development uh, in Norway as long as sort of the modern commercial tents uh, were invented. Norona has been part of that history. Uh, so since the... Well, the the most modern version of the tent, uh, like the the lightweight camping tents, mountaineering tents, uh, Norena was now was part of developing that from the seventies mm. and up until modern times. Yeah, uh, we ha- we've had a sort of a, a brief hiatus of not making tents for some years now. Uh, so it's sort of I guess you could call it sort of a comeback. Yeah, uh, with with this new tent range. And Norena had some really popular and re- renowned models like yeah. the Murana Ravneskar. Yeah. Uh, I was actually unrelated to, to this conversation. I was online uh, looking through some uh, forums uh, just uh, one or two days ago. Yeah. And there was a guy there who had posted uh, pictures of his Ravneskar and asking for uh, tips on how to to up, update or to re-impregnate the tent because it wasn't uh, it was leaking a little bit in some on, the, on one side of the tent. Uh, so that's a tent from I think his tent was from uh, early 80s and he's still using it today. So that just goes <laughs> to show years ago. yeah yeah that just goes to show like the the the, the history and then the, and the, and quality. the quality and the the popularity of these tents way back when. So it's, uh, the especially the Ramnesca model is a uh, very strong name with people who are, so let's say my age and older, yeah, uh, or even my age and younger, because this is these are tents that have been passed from father to son, uh, actually. So it's a, it's been a real honor and pleasure and privilege to work on, on redesigning tents for Nordena. Yeah, and uh, it's also some pressure. I can feel it. <laughs> you can yeah, feel for it. sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. But what was the ambition when you started uh, talking about tents again in Norona a couple of years ago? What was the aim? Um, so I, th- I think we as a company can help push the outdoor business in a more sustainable direction. And, and especially so with tents. Uh, I think we have something to contribute. I, I mean, our specialty is making things sustainable. Mm. Uh, uh, we put a lot of resources into sourcing materials. We work with our suppliers. We work with our suppliers' suppliers. So even all the way back to the raw material, and so we've we've spent a lot of time developing the fabrics and the components that we use in these tents. Um, and so this will be uh, one of the first tents on the market with. Basically, every single part of the of the tent is in recycled uh, material. For example, okay. The only thing that isn't recycled here, I think, is the aluminum poles, and mm. that's it. Mm. Mm. What model did you bring to the studio today? So this is the Falcon. It's a freestanding uh, dome tent, and then we also have the Femun, which is a more traditional-looking uh, tunnel tent. Okay. And different sizes and different colors, but uh, the two sort of models is the Falcon and uh, and the Femun, and obviously. I brought the Falcon in because it's we can we can pitch it inside the studio. Yeah, so it fits inside a little studio <laughs> here. <laughs> Tell us about it. What is the the general design of the the form of the tent? Yeah, 
at first glance, it's just a dome tent. And there are, I'd say, two main types of tents out there. It's dome tents, because they're freestanding. Mm-hmm. And then you have the tunnel tents that aren't freestanding. Um, traditionally, tunnel tents are better for strong winds, because uh, it's more aerodynamic. And it's faster to pitch, so good for long skiing trips across uh, glaciers. That's yeah. when you want the tunnel tent. But uh, this is a more of an all-rounder, so it's a ton t- uh, dome tent. Um, totally freestanding. You don't need you don't need any pegs to to be able to use it. Uh, of course, you can and you should because you never know when the wind might pick up. There's not that much wind inside the studio here, but you never know. Mm. So um, always peg down your tents. Um, there's a one key difference between this dome tent and most, if not all, other dome tents on the market, and that's sort of the the innovation that we've brought into the dome tent world. The disruptive technology here is yeah. uh, is the Falkton construction. Um, it's something I've wanted to develop for many years. It's an idea I've had that I've never actually managed to figure out how to do until now. So it's really fun to. To be able to make this tent this and make news. it come true, this is yeah, this is uh, actually, or I, I like to think so. It's actually quite some. Uh, there's some innovation going on here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the difference between this tent and other tents is um, is the way the inner and outer are connected to the poles. Uh, the in, inner tent and outer tent is connected to the poles a um, little bit differently than most of the tents. And I like to divide tents into Scandinavian design. And American, North American design. Mm-hmm. So in Scandinavia, the traditional tent is pitched uh, with the fly sheet first, the outer tent first, um, usually using sleeves for the poles. So you insert the poles in the sleeves, you pitch the outer, and that's nice because then even if it's raining when you're pitching, everything inside stays dry. Yeah. And then you have the inner tent is connected to on the inside of the outer tent through some webbing loops, either permanently or you can detach it somehow. That means it's faster to pitch because you're only pitching sort of one t- one layer and then the, you're pitching the outer layer and the inner layer is already pre-attached. So that's good. The problem is it's not so easy, it's not so flexible to ventilate because the inner is always attached to the outer. You can't pitch only the inner, for example, because mm. then you don't have anywhere to put the pulse. Some brands have some uh, optional converter kits that you can add, but it's it's a bit of a hassle to convert from summer to winter version or edition of your tent, for mm-hmm. example. And then uh, you have the American, the North American version, the, the type of tent. They pitch the inner first. So you, you lay out the inner tent, you apply the poles, and then you hook the inner to the poles. And then after that, you cover the whole thing with your fly sheet. Yeah. Uh, this is very nice when the weather is nice because then you can just skip the whole fly sheet altogether and only have the inner tent so it's uh, and if you're if you're willing to take the risk you can leave the outer tent at home Mm. then you have uh, less weight to carry uh, super breathable very comfortable there's no condensation issues um, and you can maybe even watch the starry sky during uh, through the mesh window in the inner tent and take a great Instagram photo. Exactly. It's, so American tents are perfect for Instagram. <laughs> yeah. uh, no joke. But what I, uh, the, the downside is that uh, when you're pitching and it's raining and it's windy, uh, you need five guys to just uh, to get the fly sheet over the, over the tent. Yeah. Because it's flapping in the wind and everything inside is already wet by the time you got the fly sheet over. 
Of course, I'm maybe overdoing it a little bit, but uh, it is an issue. Uh, so my goal was to sort of solve the negative sides of these two types of tents, the Scandinavian and, and the American, and merge them into one one tent, yeah. one ring to to rule them all, basically. Yeah. So this is my this is my ring, uh, my ring of power. Is uh, so this tent, uh, you pitch it uh, by pitching the outer tent. You connect it to the poles that are on the outside of the whole thing. So it's like an exoskeleton. And the inner is already attached. So the inner is pre-attached to the outer tent. So you only pitch one sort of layer. Mm-hmm. It's much faster and easier, and it's all waterproof, and there's no flapping about in the wind. So you build it up from the ground up. Uh, so it's always at the most stable at any point during the pitching process. And then if you want to, you can disconnect the outer. Okay. You can disconnect maybe only the door or the whole side of the vestibule, or you can roll half of it away or just disconnect it completely. And then the trick here is that the inner connectors that connect to the outer tent normally, they can extend. So they have a little, uh, a new little uh, plastic little uh, thingamajig, a little doodad uh, that we got from our um, plastic supplier uh, that uh, help us extend the inner connectors around the pole. And then you can have, you can still have your inner tent pitched. Uh, So it's quite an easy conversion. And then, oh no, the rain comes back. You reapply the flash sheet, and you can still have really, really great ventilation by rolling up the sides. So even if it's pouring rain, you can have a huge door looking outside, and you're still dry on the inside. So it's the flexibility here is uh, sort of the the key element of this of this tent. Sounds perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm happy with. It. But we'll see. I mean, uh, I'm the one who's used it the most, but uh, I'm. I don't know if about nervous, but I'm excited to see how the how uh, the market, you listeners, uh, how, <laughs> yeah. how you feel uh, when you've actually used it next year. Yeah, let's have a look inside. Yeah, from this side it looks uh, like it normally looks when it's fully pitched. Uh, you have the vestibule, everything is closed, and you're inside uh, enjoying a, a cup of tea. And then we open the door all the way. So the first sort of level is... I just love that sound. Uh, the, the sound Can we hear that sound once again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the sound of comfort. Have you designed this sound as well? Uh, I wish I could say yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best sound ever. Well, uh, sort of, because we, we choose this zipper on purpose. So this is a coil zipper, um, which slides quite easily. We could have chosen a waterproof zipper without the zipper cover, but a waterproof zipper doesn't last as long as the coil zipper. And a waterproof zipper doesn't slide up and down as easily, so you wouldn't get this sound. Mm. So we didn't choose it because of the sound, but the sound is a... It's an extra bonus. It's, an, it's a bonus <laughs> because of the zipper we chose. I enjoy it. Uh, so, you roll it up, and this is one of the features I really like, is you don't need to thread or hook or do anything fancy. Uh, everything with this tent is designed to be used with mittens on. Okay. Not even gloves, but mittens. Okay. So you can use it summer, winter, cold, hot, no matter. You should be able to use it. So you close the door by unhooking and closing the zipper. You open, you do a little roll, and then with mittens, you hook it to the outside. Mm. Easy to use. Um, that's sort of the first level of uh, ventilation. The biggest ventilation on your tent is the door. Not the small windows, but the door. That's the vent. It's uh, 
I consider it not a door, but a window that you can walk through. Yeah. It's a big window. Uh, and then you open up inside. Here's the tent. And that's where you sleep. Same door on both sides, so it's fully symmetrical. So let's say the wind has changed, and now it's blowing from this side. Close the door, you can uh, enter and exit from the other side. Or if you're sleeping with a friend, uh, you don't have to crawl over your friend to get outside the door. You can have your own door. Mm. Or let's say you have all your dirty dirty laundry on one side and your food on the other side. Or your uh, fuels, fuel canisters and uh, your sort of not edible things on one side and your food on the other side. So I love two doors. Yes, two doors is uh, sort of a criteria I had for the tents that were, when yeah, we designed yeah. them. I had some sketches for single side, but no, it has to be two doors. Mm. Comfort was, the same as with the sleeping mask that we talked about in the last episode, is comfort is key. Yeah. So this is a tent that you should be able to bring anywhere. If you're a first-time camper or a seasoned camper, uh, you should be comfortable. Mm. And easy to use and comfortable. So, uh, because we have this poles on the outside, we can disconnect this and then roll it up. So it's pouring down rain. Fully open. Uh, the whole vestibule is now rolled up. Rain will fall here, follow the uh, sides and drop off and not come inside the tent. So because we're inside the studio, we haven't sort of, it's impossible to pitch it down and make it all tight and nice, but you can still imagine you're still waterproof, even though it's pouring rain. Yeah. But good ventilation. So that's sort of level two ventilation. Then we can go in even further. Let's say you have your kids with you mm-hmm. and they're running in and out of the tent. It's uh, nice weather. They love to run in and out of the tent. <laughs> so instead of crawling in and out, they can actually run in and out by fully opening the whole door. So I roll it up. There's another little door holder here. And then... You want to take your uh, amazing Instagram photos from inside the tent uh, over the views of Lufthansa, mm-hmm. maybe. But this pole is in the way. Of course, you don't want the pole in the picture. And maybe you're not so skilled with Photoshop. So then you just disconnect the pole. Fully 180 degrees uh, views from uh, from Lufthansa. That's perfect. And then this door, of course, goes 360 degrees around as well. And you can even smell that uh, smell that tent smell. If somebody's been outside camping, it's a wonderful smell. It's a wonderful smell. We should bring it along into the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's the classic tent smell. One last little feature is a little fun fact here, and you will only notice it when you're on the inside looking out. And then you have, let's see, I need to open this zipper. Here's a. Just goes to show that we like to have fun in Urana. Mm-hmm. We don't. I mean, we take our job seriously, but we're not serious people. That's a good combination. Yeah. So let's say you're on the inside. I'm gonna lean back. You're looking out, and then you can see on your window it says "Welcome to Nature." <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> when you're looking out, <laughs> and that's only visible when you're on the inside looking ah, out perfect. without the mesh cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is also the mosquito. Yeah, that's net. the mosquito window. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's it. That's a great tent. I like the innovation. I hope people do. I'm I'm really looking forward to <laughs> next year to see it uh, in use. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's the the dream of any designer in any business. If it's outdoor or wristwatches or or eyewear or fashion clothing, is uh, is sort of something I dream of. Is walking down Carl Johan, just random people walking past the main street in Oslo. Yeah, as an example, and then somebody is using something that I've designed because they liked it and they bought with their own money not because they know me or it was given to them because they work at the company or something it's just they chose it because they liked it and they spent their own money and this is what I like to think or this is what I like to wear if we, that's what they're saying that's the best dream yeah so I want to go out camping in nature or maybe at some uh, ski festival or climbing festival in a year or two and then see one or two of these tents uh, pitched up in the mountains it's going to be a, a good moment that I'm looking forward to. So hopefully it'll happen. <laughs> it's a great moment. <laughs> I think it will happen. Yeah. Do you have any tips and advice in general uh, when it comes to camping outside? Yes. You talked about uh, like cooking. That's yeah. a big issue Yeah. for many of us. Yeah. Uh, cooking, sleeping, uh, just being in camp. Uh, I have one one sort of pro tip. Yeah. And it it uh, it relates to all of the activities that you do in camp, is to stay dry. Yeah. Uh, if you're a person who, who you're always cold in a sleeping bag, it's probably because you're not dry. If you're always struggling with condensation inside a tent, it's because you're not dry. Uh, when you're cooking inside, uh, even if it's foul weather, try to cook outside, outside, mm-hmm. or uh, at least in the vestibule with the outer door open. Yeah. Uh, just so you don't get rain straight into your face. Uh, but especially if the weather's nice, even if it's cold, doesn't matter if it's cold, it's going to be cold inside your tent anyway. So do your cooking outside mm. and bring as little as possible of anything inside your tent. Yeah. Uh, I know most people, I don't have any hard statistics, but I just... Uh, my impression from camping outside over the years, hiking in the mountains, as I see, and I've done the same mistake myself, is you pitch the tent, you're getting ready to go inside into your home for the evening, and you bring everything inside your tent, your backpack, uh, your, your yeah, everything. Uh, by bringing everything, you're also bringing a lot of moisture inside your tent. Mm. Uh, and that's a myth, is that you can dry your wet socks at the bottom of your sleeping bag and then expect dry socks in the morning. Uh, I think partly the reason why people still believe that myth is because the socks might feel at least drier. They're not as wet in the morning mm. when, you, when you're getting up in the morning. Um, that's because a lot of the moisture that was only in your socks is now in your whole sleeping bag. <laughs> so the only thing you've achieved during the <laughs> that's night is... the explanation. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've, you've warmed up the socks, the water has evaporated from your socks mm-hmm. and then spread out through your sleeping bag. So instead of having only wet socks, now you have wet socks and a wet sleeping bag. Yeah, And that's going to reduce uh, the temperature in your bag. It's going to reduce your comfort and it's going to make your whole trip miserable. Yeah. So leave your wet socks uh, away from your bag, preferably outside your tent. Um, most likely, if you have really wet socks and the forecast is rain for the next few days and you're out hiking, you're not going to end up with dry socks during mm. the trip. So then you just have to embrace wet socks and learn to love wet socks, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or bring more socks if that's an of issue. Of course. Yeah. But, but just then, uh, just put your things into the backpack and let the backpack stay in the vestibule, as yeah, an example. Yeah, either leave everything in the vestibule or even just outside. Yeah. Um, what I like to do is, um, I'm not a fan of uh, having a rain cover on my backpack because that means I have to remove the rain cover to get things. And it's not like I have to get the things every few seconds, but it's just, it's impractical for me. Mm-hmm. And some people like it. That's, that's cool. Mm. You do you. Um, but I prefer to pack things in um, a waterproof inside my backpack. Yeah. So most backpacks aren't waterproof because you have zippers and seams and everything. It's really challenge challenging to to make a waterproof uh, backpack because you have to tape seams and it limits the construction quite a bit. So that's why most backpacks aren't waterproof. But what you can do is to pack in waterproof, small waterproof roll tops, mm-hmm. just uh, many different super lightweight thin roll tops. And then you can use that as an organizer. It's like uh, drawers in your cabinet at home. So you have uh, all your wool underwear in one small bag. You have uh, warm mittens, uh, scarves, uh, beanies, etc. in one bag. And then you sort everything in bags. Mm-hmm. And then you have one bag that you bring inside the tent. Yeah. So leave everything outside the tent. Uh, unless you're camping downtown also and things might get st- stolen, <laughs> yeah. sure, then you might want to bring it inside if you're camping in Schlotzparken in, uh, outside the castle. But uh, if you're up in the mountains, leave everything outside, uh, not even in the vestibule, because that leaves space in the vestibule for changing, for getting ready, for maybe doing some light cooking. Yeah. Uh, and again, if you're cooking, try to at least leave the door open to get, the, to get all the moisture out, the condensation from boiling water, etc., but uh, bring only one bag that's pre-packed. So maybe one set of dry underwear, dry wool underwear. Uh, maybe uh, some electronics that you want to charge your phone or whatever, or maps for planning the next day. Or whatever you need mm. inside a tent, try to limit the amount. Your and, headlamp. And, and your headlamp, yeah. And pack all that stuff in one bag mm-hmm. and then bring only that inside your tent. Yeah. So that's your inside bag. And then you have the rest in your outside bag. That's I think uh, that sums up. That's a good pro uh, tip. My main pro tip is yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep things separated inside, outside. And um, when you're sleeping inside the sleeping bag, and if, if it is cold, then wear some wool underwear. That will help you get a warmer temperature. But make sure that it's uh, a sort of a pajama version. So it's it's your nighttime underwear. Then you wear it during sleep, and then you have a different set of underwear that you wear during the day. Yeah. And then you leave that underwear outside. And then you bring your dry uh, stuff inside and you sleep in that to, to, to keep as dry as possible mm. inside your tent and inside your sleeping bag. So dry is warm. Dry is comfortable. Stay dry. Yeah, stay dry. That's a good, good tip. Mm. How should we store the tent when we get home? Well, ideally like this. Yeah, uh, pitched in, in your, your living room. In your living room. Yeah, so uh, and that's fun for the kids as well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's two things that will ruin your gear. Uh, it's UV light mm-hmm. and moisture, which means the worst thing you can do for your tent is to out- bring it outside and use it. Uh, of course, the whole point of having the tent is to bring it outside and use it. <laughs> yeah. So, fine, we'll have to live with with that. Uh, but when you're done with your trip, um, you should uh, ideally separate the inner and outer, mm-hmm. the fly sheet and the uh, inner tent. 
uh, to completely dry them. So hang it up somewhere on your attic or in the basement or in the garage or even li- in the living room or at your office uh, or in, in the radio studio to make sure it's dry. And that's going to probably take longer than you think. Mm. So at least two, three days yeah. of, of drying time in a dry place. If you're drying your stuff in your garage it's going to take longer because your dry garage is probably going to be quite humid because mm. it's more connected to the outside world. Yeah. And you're maybe driving your car in and out of the garage. So somewhere that is actually dry, leave it for a few days. Uh, if you don't want to separate the inner and outer every time, if you go camping quite often, uh, it's a hassle to disconnect the inner and outer. And that's the whole point of having this tent is that you don't have to disconnect the inner and outer. Mm. If you have a tent from a North American brand, uh, then the, you can't pitch and, and uh, take down the tent without disconnecting. So that's, so that's problem solved, sort of. But with this Falkton tent and also the Femin tent, you don't have to disconnect in or outer. But then to dry it properly, hang it upside down. Yeah. So hang it, hang it from the roof somewhere and uh, hang it from each corner of the floor and then let it hang upside down because then that leaves most of the fabrics separated. And then that will help to dry it out faster. So mm. I always dry my gear upside down. Or not all gear, but let's say a sleeping bag, hang it from the feet. Yeah. Uh, the tent, hang it from the, from the floor. That's a good uh, advice. In the roof, yeah. But yeah, it's a, the dry gear is, is, is important. Because yeah. uh, if, you, if you keep your gear dry, it's going to last you a lifetime. If you use this tent and you pack it down wet, it's going to rot in, within one season. Mm. And this is, I mean, it's an expensive uh, piece of kit. Yeah, It costs thousands of kroners or hundreds of dollars and mm. you want to use it for many, many, many years. But the ambition is with this new Norona Falketing tent, it should last for 40 years, just like Norona yeah. Ravneskar did. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you use it every single day, it's probably not going to last for 40 years. Yeah, we have to be reasonable. But uh, <laughs> yeah. for for most people in normal use conditions, this is a once in a lifetime purchase. Yeah, and then uh, it's like an investment. Yeah, and then all of these parts can be separated. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's sewn together by pieces. Mm. It, it can be sewn together by new pieces. Yeah. So uh, I, I have stories of uh, people um, uh, coming back with a fifty-year-old tent, uh, cut the floor off. Attached the new floor, off they went with their old new tent or new old tent. Ah, that's a perfect story. It's uh, anyway, yeah. Norina has a sort of a campaign thing going on in social media these days. It's a competition uh, where people have been sending in photos of their oldest gear, and then I think there's like a competition where you can win some new new gear or win repairs for a lifetime or something. I, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. Makes me proud to work for Norina is because we're promoting not the Black Friday sale. We don't have a Black Friday sale. Mm. We have uh, a competition where you can win free repairs for a lifetime, yeah. which means we actually mean this this product, no matter what it is, if it's your jacket or your tent or sleeping bag or your, your gloves or whatever, it's going to last you a lifetime. Mm. We can actually repair it for a lifetime. Of course, if it's... If you dropped it in in your uh, in your campfire and uh, half of it's burnt away, it's it's unable. We're unable to fix it. We can't do magic, but uh, within reason, uh, we we prefer to pr- repair things instead of selling you a new thing. Ah, oh, it's a great thing. Yeah, it makes me proud to work for that type of company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Björn, we are approaching the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, but we would like to ask you some questions that we give every guest in our podcast. Yeah. Are you ready? Uh, hit me. <laughs> what are your best tips and tricks to create nature experiences in our everyday life? Go out. Go outside? Go outside. You don't have to you don't have to go on an expedition to Antarctica to to enjoy nature. I mean just uh, you don't even have to go so we live in Oslo. You don't have to go to Nordmarka or Östmarka, which is maybe 20 30 minutes away for most people here. You can just go to the park. Yeah. You go down the street. I mean there's fresh air outside. So just start outside, walk around the block, uh walk to the Maybe bring a couple of friends and uh, a bottle of wine to Östmarka, yeah. to the local uh, woods outside. Uh, may borrow a car or take your bike and just camp out for the night and then go straight to the office. You don't have to do it in the weekend. You can do it Tuesday night, bring your tent, and then back in the office in the morning. That's You start there and then you, and then you expand. I would yeah. like to try that today. Yeah, do it. <laughs> It's you can borrow the stent if you want. <laughs> yeah, I would like to do that. Yeah. Which international celebrity would you like to bring inside this tent? Oh, that's a good question. I would like to bring uh, maybe uh, something relevant today would be maybe I'd bring uh, the FIFA boss, uh, yeah. John Infantino, <laughs> into my tent and go for a camp and just sort of uh, be nice to him and maybe he will be... Uh, and pick his brain and uh, maybe he will think about things differently if he had just had some spare time and uh, thought about all some nice things in the world. Maybe he will give uh, the next world championship in soccer. To Norway? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I think uh, I'll bring him and then uh, try to convince him that uh, everything isn't about money but uh, experiences. Yeah. yeah. What kind of steps have you taken in your life to live a little more environmentally friendly? So uh, I bike to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've always been a biker, but uh, when I lived in Trondheim at my last job, I mostly drove to work. Yeah. Uh, the The distance to work was just one meter too far for me to sort of get up in the morning and bike every day. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, I actually, it takes me just as long to bike to work, about 30, 40 minutes. But I bike every day, no matter what. Uh, if it's rainy, sunny, snowy, cold, warm, I bike to work. Okay. And that's. Uh, I think it's just you just have to get used to it. What's your favorite soundtrack when you're skiing or when you're biking or, or maybe also camping? Uh, just nature. Yeah. I I I don't listen to music when I'm uh, outside uh, skiing or biking or or camping because I want to be aware. Like if I'm biking, just the sounds helps me navigate through the woods. Mm. Uh, I can listen to the sound of of the tires on the ground, and I know okay now I'm on dirt, now I'm on gravel. This is loose terrain. This is this is rock. I know if it's slippery or not just by the sounds yeah. and the feel and everything. And the same with skiing. It's it's the sound gives you feedback on on how you are interacting with nature, how your body is interacting with your surroundings. So mm. when I'm outside enjoying nature, I don't listen to music, especially not on like headphones or no. earplugs. If if I'm at like if I'm climbing, uh not sport climbing in the mountains, but if I'm just bouldering at the sort of nearby crag outside town, 
uh, sometimes sometimes we might bring a small little uh, Bluetooth music player and have some uh, music. But uh, even then, it's mostly we don't listen to music, uh, mm. even if it's just a social gathering in the woods here. Listen to nature. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Bjorn. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for telling us all about the tents. And uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, tune in to our episode where Bjorn is talking about sleeping bags as well. Yeah. See you soon. See you. Thanks. Norona podcast is published by the Norwegian outdoor company Norona Sport. Norona has been producing premium outdoor products since 1929. Check out our clothes, backpacks, tents, sleeping bags and skis on our website norona.com. There you will also find more inspiring stories about our rich history, the expeditions we have participated in, our ambassadors and our ambitions in sustainability. Thank you for listening to Norona Podcast. We really appreciate it. And welcome to nature.